Hello and welcome back to the Church of Jesus Christ study session with Come Follow Me. I'm your host Matthew Roberts and this is Season 5, Episodes 96-97 to of this Daily Study Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us once again today as we conclude our study of this week's Come and Follow Me materials, uh, looking in John at chapters 7-10 to in the week of uh, April the 24th to April the 30th. And today we're going to finish with John chapter 10 uh, with the main kind of focus of this chapter, which is about the, the how Jesus is the good shepherd. So this is a um, obviously a well-known analogy, uh, name given to the Saviour, that he is the good shepherd. Uh, we hear hymns that are well-known throughout Christianity uh, about the Lord being our shepherd. Uh, it is one which we see often and we hear often about him. But let's reflect on, you know, the, the lessons we learn from this um, likelihood or likeliness of the Saviour being a good shepherd. So um, we carry on then and let's have a look at this um, this part in the, in the scripture. So in verses 1 and 2 it says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. But he that entereth in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. Now, this is a, an interesting opening uh, because we often think about the Saviour's characteristics of being a good shepherd by the way he loves his, his sheep, the, the way he knows his sheep by the name. And we're going to get to all those things in a moment. But we don't often talk about this, about how he, we know he's the good shepherd because he enters in by the door, <laughs> um, you know, through the entrance that is agreed and that everyone knows about rather than sneaking in some other way. Um, so, of course, you know, we have some... Um, characteristics we can think of of, of the saviour with this um point the fact that he is not uh, manipulative he is not um kind of crafty or sly or secretive in the way that he works with his children um but i think that the, one of the things for me uh, i get from it the most is that the saviour goes through through the entrance and in order to go through the entrance he has to be known to the people who are guarding the entrance or to the people that are aware of the entrance the Saviour does not enter into our lives through secretive or duplicitous ways, but he invites us to allow him in. And I think for me, that's one of the biggest things I get from this um, principle of him being a good shepherd and him entering through the door um, is that he is invited in by us and that he um, enters in through the, you know, into, into us in a way that we know and we invite and we accept him into our lives. Um, and then in verse 3, the sheep hear his voice and he calleth his own sheep by name and leadeth them out. So this idea that we know the Saviour's voice, I mean, those who are his sheep um, learn of him, grow in testimony and in spirit uh, and recognise him when he calls them and he calls them by name. So I just mentioned that fact about how the Saviour as the Good Shepherd knows each and every one of us by name. And I think that that is such an important principle, that not just that he knows our name, you know, I mean, that, whilst that's a nice thing. Um, it's the fact that he knows our lives. He knows us individually. He knows the circumstances of our lives. And that means that when we get into trouble or we do things that are wrong or we make mistakes or sin, which we do every day, let's point out, <laughs> um, that... He understands the context. He understands the reasons. And um, whilst, of course, he does not condone as the sin, like we saw with the woman who was taken in, in adultery, he recognises that there are circumstances and um, things 
that are outside of our control, but perhaps in our lives lead us to making choices that are um, not what should be, we should be making. And whilst, of course, that means we should leave and repent and put those things aside and turn back to him, um, he is merciful and he knows our lives and he knows the things we've had to go through. And we know that because he went through them himself. And that is just a wonderful, calming, relax, um, reassuring um, message that the Saviour knows our circumstances and knows the things we have to go through. Um, in verse four, it says, and when he putteth forth his own sheep, he goeth before them and the sheep follow him for they know his voice. So notice that he shows us the way. He doesn't tell us to go ahead by ourselves and he'll just carry on behind us, but he leads us and guides us. Um, and if we are willing to follow him and to receive that gospel into our lives, he can show us the way to eternal life, which is a great blessing for us. So moving on uh, through the, the chapter. Um, what's interesting is in verse six, it says this parable spake Jesus unto them, but they understood not what things they were, which he spake unto them. And then he continues. <laughs> um, and in verse seven, he explains what he has just talked about and says, verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door by me. If any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. This is fascinating because um, this was when I was first studying it. I was thinking, oh, well, the Jesus is the shepherd. The thieves are examples of people that are not the savior. That's the way it is. But he's saying that he is the door um, for the shepherd, not necessarily that he is the shepherd. Although in verse 11, he then does liken himself to the shepherd as well. But it reminds us that there are many um, layers, levels, different applications of the saviour's teachings that happen rather than just the one that we think it always is so it's important that we come back to study these things because we can find many different layers and levels uh, to these parables and these teachings um, that that happen or that take place and show us um, what it looks like so then in verse 11 of course he then talks about how he is a good, the good shepherd uh, and that Verse 12, he likens, he compares himself to the shepherd and to a hireling. He says, but he that is a hireling and not the shepherd, whose own sheep are not, seeth the wolf coming and leaveth the sheep and fleeth, and the wolf catcheth them and scattereth the sheep. The hireling fleeth because he is an hireling and careth not for the sheep. I am the good shepherd and know my sheep and am known of mine. And as the father knoweth me, even so I know the father and I lay down my life for the sheep. Now, What's interesting is clearly that his followers did not understand um, what he was saying here, that he would ultimately one day lay down his life for his sheep um, and that he would sacrifice himself for the sheep. President Edra Taft Benson said, quote, In Jesus's time, the Palestinian shepherd was noted for his protection of his sheep. Unlike modern sheep herders, the shepherd always walked ahead of his flock. He led them. The shepherd knew each of the sheep and, and usually had a name for each. The sheep knew his voice and trusted him and would not follow a stranger. Thus, when called, the sheep would come to him. At night, shepherds would bring the, their sheep to a corral called a sheepfold. High walls surrounded the sheepfold, and thorns were placed on top of these walls to prevent wild animals and thieves from climbing over. Sometimes, however, a wild animal driven by hunger would leap over the walls into the midst of the sheep, frightening them. Such a situation separated, separated the true shepherd, one who loved his sheep, from the hireling, one who worked only for pay and duty. 
The true shepherd was willing to give his life for the sheep. He would go in amongst the sheep and fight for their welfare. The hireling, on the other hand, valued his own personal safety above the sheep and would usually flee from the danger. Jesus used this common, this common illustration of his day to declare that he was the good shepherd, the true shepherd. Because of his love for his brothers and sisters, he would willingly and voluntarily lay down his life for them. Close quote. Powerful uh, application and clarification of um, this parable um, of the good shepherd for us today. Because, of course, you know, we, whilst there are shepherds in the world today, they probably work in a very different way to the shepherds did that the shepherds did at Jesus's time. And, and also it's just something that the vast majority of us have very little experience with. You know, we don't go out in our day-to-day lives and see many shepherds. So it's a, again, another example of a parable, which the people in the Savior's day would have been able to apply more so, although it seems that the, the Savior had to explain it a little bit, even for them. Um, and then, they were able to learn more about how the Savior or who the Savior was and how he loved and took care of all of God's children. In verse 16, it says, Another sheep I have, which are not of this fold, them also I must bring, and they shall hear my voice, and there shall be one fold and one shepherd. Um, This is likened to a number of things. Uh, It could be likened on a very physical level uh, when you think of the scattering that's taken place throughout the Old Testament times and how it was promised that there would be a gathering of Israel and how this was likened to them. And one example of that uh, was the people in the Book of Mormon um, location at this very time who were living and and having their own society at that moment, waiting uh, for the day of the sign of Christ's death, because, of course, they would have witnessed the sign of Christ's birth at this point. Um, There is also a very spiritual aspect or way in which we can apply this um, teaching about other sheep that the Saviour has. Um, There is always people out there who are searching for him, um, perhaps knowingly or unknowingly, looking for him to be in their lives and to fill that that hole that is in their lives at that moment that they need to have a spiritual fulfillment um, and a grace of the Savior in their life. And of course, this is like that is likened also to the gathering of Israel today. I mean, obviously, whilst we very much believe in a physical gathering of Israel, we also believe spiritually that anyone who listens to the gospel and accepts the Savior and is and accepts him and comes into his church is a fulfillment of this gathering of Israel. So, um, so many things and so many ways that this can be applied. Um, and then in verse 18, no man taketh it from me, meaning his life, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down and I have power to take it again. This commandment I have I received of my father. Um, and he finishes talking about this and the people are confused. <laughs> in verse 19 and 20, it says, There was division, therefore, again among the Jews for these sayings. And many of them said, He have a devil and is mad. Why hear ye him? Others said, "He is not of These are not words of him that have a devil. Can a devil open the eyes of the blind? So what's interesting is that this is a... They're reminded of what's just happened with opening the eyes of the blind man. And there's clearly this discussion growing and growing amongst the, the leading circles of the Jewish people. And this discussion about who the Savior actually is. What is, you know, where has he come from? 
And I just, I just love how some people point out, look, these words are not someone that has a devil. We've seen people so far in the in the New Testament accounts of people who have devils, and they would not be able to produce and teach so coherently and beautifully as the Savior does. So, you know, it is starting to make some of them question, and it's starting to uh, make them reflect on uh, who the Savior is. Um. And the Saviour continues with this, um, with the sheep analogy. In verse 25 and 26, he says, Jesus answered them, I told you and you believe not. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. But ye believe not, because ye are not of my sheep, as I said to unto you. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Uh, President Delaney jokes taught, quote, In modern revelation, the Lord has told us that there are many yes on the earth among all the sects, parties, and denominations who are blinded and are only kept from the truth because they know not where to find it. When we are standing as witnesses, witnesses of God at all times and in all things, the Lord will open ways for us to find and have appropriate communications with those who are seeking. This will come when we seek direction and when we act out of a sincere and Christ-like love for others. The Lord loves all of his children. He desires that all have the fullness of his truth and the abundance of his blessings. He knows when they are ready, and he wants us to hear and heed his directions on sharing his gospel. When we do so, those who are prepared will respond to the message of him who said, My sheep hear my voice, and they follow me. Close quote. So many ways in which this principle or this parable is applied to the Saviour. He is the Good Shepherd, and he knows us and knows his flock. He has others who are not of his fold, who he, he, who he needs to join him, and we are part of that great and marvellous work. Um, such a powerful message, and I think it can be applied in so many ways. And of course, I'm sure in four years time or in X number of weeks or months when I come back to study this again, there'll be other ways in which we can apply this as well. So uh, please do um, reflect on that and share what you've uh, thought from this parable. It would be lovely to hear from you on the Facebook group or wherever. But also uh, you can also um, share the podcast as well with anyone else that might be interested. We'd love for you to do that. Thank you for your time and, and until we meet again. <laughs>